0: Welcome to Ahsoka, a Star Wars podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the journey between this galaxy and the next. My name is Matt, and joining me in the co pilot seat is Pete. Hello, Pete.
1: Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Here to talk the series, the season of Ahsoka on Disney Plus, having just completed. But
0: first, Pete, want to note that tomorrow, Marvel Studios Saturday will kick off on the podcast feeds as we look forward to talking Loki 202, along with a week of rock'em, sock'em court intrigue about the house that Kevin Feige built, some behind-the-scenes this, some what they're going to do moving forward that, some perhaps mistakes were made and so forth. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to that discussion.
1: Yeah, so expect some nostalgia, courtesy Loki. And the the bad new days given the uh current state of what's going on with the, that damning news the other day at marvel
0: now if that's not a sizzle i don't know what is uh on sunday pete we'll talk uh star trek sundays lower decks episode 207 um as we record on this friday i know there's been some quite good news in the world of star trek uh perhaps more news coming uh tomorrow at new york comic-con but seemingly of the three tent poles that we podcast here star trek the most stable the most forward-looking the most well the least you know crisis uh crisis on the bridge sort of thing so
1: i'll take it for them right yeah uh but yeah star trek prodigy uh saved matt by that little engine that could netflix um which may or may not open the door to it all going to Netflix eventually. Uh, I know what this podcast thinks, uh, but we'll talk all about that uh, come Sunday. But it does not seem there will be any movement on the SAG-AFTRA strike front by then.
0: Yeah, just in the last few days, the studios... A calling off negotiations seemingly out of the blue and B worth mentioning. Cause everybody in Hollywood knows this, this is the studios literally repeating from the summertime playbook. They did the exact same thing with the writers in August, angrily breaking off negotiations, claiming the other side is asking for stuff. That's going to bankrupt those little modest art houses like Disney, mm-hmm. like ne- like Netflix, like Comcast, like Sony. Pete, weep for the multinational corporations. Blame those background actors who want to do things like have a burrito at the craft services table just because it's
1: dinner time, you lazy slobs. The number I read uh, recently was $5,000, okay? Um, that They're concerned $5,000 per actor is going to break the studios that pay... Uh, David Zaslav, $250 million a year.
0: I genuinely think that, you know, here we are nominally podcasting from, you know, Main Street USA, not in the Disney sense, just kind of, you know, small town USA in the real USA sort of thing. I genuinely think the studios have no idea how the average person, maybe even the average financially and politically conservative person, just know that the bosses are running away with the money here and that hard-working people who just want to stand in front of a camera and pretend to be someone else for a little while and to sparkle us with how they perform and all that 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 most people are just behind the actors because the bosses are acting like jerks
1: well maybe they'll find out eventually the writers got a better deal than they were pulling for at the beginning of the strike Okay, let's see how these actors make out. Um, It'll probably be pretty darn good.
0: Bringing it back to Ahsoka Pete, uh, a show acted by actors and written by writers, etc., etc. I think universally we can start at this point. Uh, the desire for more while on the one hand it's a weird itch because there is no Ahsoka will return in season two there is no Jude Law saying who wants to join the skeleton crew but the itch I think is what we're supposed to be feeling in that boy what a great episode eight episode run. I want
1: more please. It's funny how there's been this like back and forth, you know, Andor is the best Star Wars ever. No, Ahsoka is the best Star Wars ever. And that is a credit to this series that has just finished what should be a first season run. Um, I think the story will continue for sure across the other shows, whether or not at this point uh, they're either ready to announce or have a a season two uh, planned remains to be seen. I've got to think the labor difficulty is at the heart of that although we noted too matt you know star trek prodigy saved but they make that announcement what was it wednesday before they have a panel at new york comic-con on saturday which was super strange i guess they were concerned they couldn't keep a lid on it or they wanted to just keep that panel to um star trek lower decks not quite sure fully expect to see more ahsoka sabine ezra also fairly confident that when Mandalorian season four uh films and runs before ahsoka uh because it's written and they're the closest uh to being back once we solve this strike um that at the very least uh, Ezra and Thrawn uh, and Hera will play roles.
0: And I think, Pete, that's the big takeaway that Star Wars, and this is, I'm somewhat echoing myself from last week's podcast, Star Wars is always something that's built for the story to continue somehow, and that's not a pessimistic thing to say. Now, I do think in the case of these eight episodes, they're very aware that, <laughs> They're very aware that the story is not concluded, and whether the master plan, unbesmirched by COVID, by dual strikes, by whatever, maybe the master plan was you do the eight, and then the adventure continues here or there, whatever. Right. Um. I think that's unlike, let's say, some of the Marvel stuff. And just to give a little preview of the Marvel discussion we're going to have tomorrow, Marvel, Marvel discovering in the last couple, well, in the story in the last week, maybe Marvel having discovered in the last couple months. People like multiple seasons of things. And I'm looking at the Star Wars list and going, well, that's the case with Mandalorian. And Book of Boba Fett was an interesting sub-season of The Mandalorian, if you will. So that's kind of there, you know. And not everything needs to be perpetually to be continued. Obi-Wan Kenobi right. fit into a particular... But here we are. There's more Andor. There's, it, there's more Mandalorian. And, and you yeah, know, we're going to get more of Boba Fett at some point. So... It's natural, you know. Meanwhile, in Star Wars, end yes, it's natural to keep going with this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And we don't know, too, you know, what is Skeleton Crew conceived as? It's it's in this era. Does anybody from this, you know, is there an Ezra episode of Skeleton Crew? Uh, does Thrawn uh, returning to the galaxy somehow play a role, either in the larger narrative or on a smaller sense? brush up against those kids and jude law but to look squarely at the story that dave filoni wrote okay clearly the first live action season of star wars rebels the the fifth overall um and something that you know people came to maybe not having seen that show but that is so enhanced by not only that but clone wars you know when you brought in anakin skywalker
0: and you know i'm someone who has seen most if not all of clone wars i don't know that some of the later season the netflix save season and whatnot i don't think i've gone super deep with that did Um, you
1: do the end of it
0: I feel like my end of Clone Wars was when Ahsoka left and or that season.
1: Uh, you to, so you, we saw bits of it in, in the second Ariana Greenblatt sequence when they were on Mandalore. Go back and watch the last four episodes. It, it's really presented like a movie of the seventh season of Clone Wars. They are spectacular.
0: Well, and I think that that's, so I have some gaps in my viewing, but I didn't feel that watching this season, this live action season, this season called Ahsoka, I didn't feel like there were major missing pieces. I will say, knowing where Ezra was left off and having spent time watching Rebels and so forth, I think that maybe in every episode to have people saying, but can we ever get Ezra home for Ezra is lost in another galaxy? Maybe there was, it, it was one shake of the salt shaker too many, but the flip side is this. I think back to say episode one, Phantom Menace, where immediately, you know, I mean, yes, you get the on-screen crawl, but then immediately it's like, All right, who's ready? And look, I know the cliche is, you know, we're going to talk about trade negotiations and whatnot, but immediately there's that. And immediately there's a Jedi Master and his Padawan. If you have the knowledge, you know, it's Obi-Wan who goes on all this great stuff. But meanwhile, it's just like, who are these guys? Why are they? How long has the one been a Padawan? What's his power level versus, boom, you're thrown in to a situation already in progress. I would say that's the same here for Ahsoka. and If George can do that with... 1977 star wars and have the episode four you know title ripped off of it by the studio only to return in 1981 1982 but you know if he's willing to start in the middle in 1977 and then start in the middle with episode one no harm no foul that they're like oh there's this guy who's missing and i already have powers and you used to have powers and you you don't train anymore like that's part and parcel for star wars i don't again i didn't i didn't feel like i don't understand what's going on because i haven't seen all the prior seasons and all of this and all of that
1: and it's such a fertile time for storytelling you know even with mandalorian exploring this time frame we've had so little of the rebellion the new republic this transition um other than of course that they're patently inept. Um, So to see that there are people in it who are looking out for the rest of the galaxy, doing the right thing um, to bring Mon Mothma, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly over from the successful and, and critically lauded Andor is a win as well. Um, I, I think, Just about every button they pushed with this season was successful. I know there were some people that thought, well, first two episodes that dropped at once didn't really, you know, uh, push them forward. But the pace just picked up with each episode. And I think the finale is is just I'll repeat the phrase I did in our podcast of it. I think it is beautifully better sweet. I think it is cut from that Empire Strikes Back mold, and um, we'll get back to these characters. You want to ding them a little, all right? Balin and and Shin really kind of sit the finale out, and we're not quite sure as to the state that we leave them. It's only complicated by, you know, the loss of of Ray Stevenson. All right, I'll I'll hear you on that, um, but. My gosh, you know, what they did with Ahsoka. You bring in Anakin. I thought Sabine was outstanding. I really enjoyed uh, Hera, okay? I I think we could have gotten a little bit more. Still really happy with what we got. And, And then Ezra and everybody's favorite war criminal, Chopper. All right, didn't add to the body count, but still there, still full of personality.
0: I think that as with the Mandalorian seasons, look, does this eighth episode, does it end at a point, you know, in in many senses, does it end at the point of suspension, not resolution? Absolutely. That's only the case until somebody says part nine, you know, then it, then, then it continues from there. And of course, you know, it's made as a season and, and I can appreciate kind of the production issues. Like, you know, are the ratings enough, are the clicks enough to continue with the next season and so forth? But I feel like this was so obviously made to just simply continue with the next eight parts whenever that may occur that I almost feel like the fact that we spend so much time in part one getting to know Balin and Shin and understanding their perspective and look, they look like Jedi, but it's red. like All of that great intro there. Fine, it hasn't paid off by the eighth episode. I'm you and I are both extremely fond of that eighth episode. And I feel like I'm willing I'm willing to give it and the show and Filoni and Favreau and the whole crew that benefit of doubt to say, Yeah, it's only it's only unresolved for now. Let's get through a strike, let's shoot, let's see again in 18 months, to say. And part eight, here's where Balin continues sadly perhaps with another actor here's shin's next stop on her journey of 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 a comeback story of only getting worse of foolishness of whatever it is you know and so forth down the line
1: you think not only of bringing these characters that hadn't popped up yet you know we had ahsoka obviously in both the mandalorian in the second season and then in the book of boba fett but uh, to bring in live-action Purgle. Yeah, we saw the shadow of them in uh, Mandalorian Season 3, but obviously, you know, um, predicting what would come here. And I, I think we will still see more as we leave characters stranded at the end of this series. But it's gently done at the end instead of, and that's it, what do you mean? And we know the story continues somehow, which I think makes it all fine. And we also have the foreknowledge that we're building a point in this timeline that's going to culminate, I'm going to say, in at least one movie. Why would you just make one building up all to this? Okay? I I firmly think that idea will expand.
0: Generally, I would agree, and I don't mean to continue to veer into bringing Marvel into the, into the discussion, but here's Star Wars, so successful on the movie end, pardon me, well, I mean, obviously it's had major success with nine, 10, 11, you know, movies, but here, more recently, Star Wars has been so successful in the TV space, and then clearly Lucasfilm, clearly Disney is Moving very tenderly in the movie space, i.e., you know, we make a joke of it sometimes, but sometimes the best story is the one that you don't tell, or sometimes rather the worst story is the one you don't tell. Um,
1: but here How we are with that Jabba the Hut rise and fall movie that didn't happen, Matt. Yeah, because that sounded like something everybody wanted to see, right? The fall of the character we already <laughs> saw the fall of. Um, you
0: reference this movie that um was being worked on directed by Guillermo del Toro written by David goyer um you want to tell me two years from now a David goyer the uh Guillermo del Toro movie is coming out about blank give me any title a hard-boiled cop on the edge I'm immediately interested but as you're saying Pete yeah I don't I don't have an interest in a Jabba the Hutt movie, particularly since I know the ending. It's different than, let's say, Obi Wan Kenobi as a series, or if that had been a movie. The character is beloved, and the fact that we all have experienced two generations of actors playing it adds to it. You say, how oh, we get, you know, he he did so good. It was so like the original. We get more. This is the Obi Wan Kenobi series is more cake the day after a birthday versus the job." that was a good movie. That was a good move to ax that movie. I don't care how brilliant it was or this, not the other. I just have no interest because who am I going to root for in it?
1: Period. (laughs) Um, and I think it's the type of thing they explore either in what is now the Lando movie, uh, that I'm sure will have elements of what a second solo movie, uh, would have included, um, Yeah, I I stand by your statement here that sometimes the best movie is the one that you don't make. I mean, Matt, that Guillermo del Toro has 30 scripts that didn't get made shows you like everywhere else. You know, they say that a a movie, a TV show uh, is is essentially on death's door at least three times in its uh, process you know, in it's production where whatever stage, okay, three times it nearly falls apart. And okay, sometimes it doesn't happen. The work still took place. You just couldn't make it happen. We're already in a situation of, you know, a lot of media more than we've ever had before. And I don't know of anybody that was crying out for that movie. Okay, this has studios swing the threat of, well, we have to pay them more now, so maybe we'll do less.
0: Yeah. And just to finish the movie and TV thought, kind of this week, the takeaway from Marvel Studios, maybe they don't know how to do TV very well. Maybe there's, you know, and stick to the movies and you'll you'll do you'll go far, kid. Meanwhile, Star Wars, this weird reflection where again in more recent times with way more movies canceled than made and again to, to highlight that point that we're both making many of those movies probably you know hey let's throw five hundred thousand dollars at developing it and then after a year ago nope we we developed it to a point where we said this is not a good idea but it's kind of like can star wars remember how to do movies because they sure do tv shows well it's just this weird mirror image of each other
1: I think they'll figure it out. And I I think as Ahsoka will be a very big part of that. It's a longer story that they're telling. And clearly it was important to flip the script here. We had Ezra stranded with Thrawn. We've brought them back. We've stranded Ahsoka and Sabine. They'll develop on both ends. Now we're going to see what Thrawn and Ezra can really do after that time away. And, and
0: you know it's funny. While on the one hand, as I said earlier, the the repeated refrains of finding Ezra, finding Ezra, may in spirit have a particular Ahsoka episodes fail the Bechdel test. The flip side is this: how many other you know super expensive, super ambitious series can you name? Where it's a female title character, your second, your first supporting or your second lead is a similarly strong female. Um, You have, let's say, in the in the true supporting sense, you know, maybe your your primary supporting character Hera, another female person, your guest star, your picture of leadership, uh, certainly quality, good. Good measured leadership in the galaxy is another female character. I mean, fine, they keep name-dropping Ezra, I guess, in order to keep the plot moving and so forth. But uh, it's not taking away from inspiring female images here.
1: I'll double down even further, okay? Not just the badass sisterhood of Ahsoka, Sabine, Hera that headlines this show, okay? Mon Mothma and then the shadow of uh senator princess uh leia organa that though the actress isn't with us is there in the story look how important uh that is and yeah they're facing off against thrawn they're facing off against somebody who uh is rescued uh by morgan Elsbeth. okay who follows the the night sisters whispers to go out and and get him there, um, yeah. And all those characters track uh, the the newer inclusions. What from Mandalorian and as El- Elsbeth uh, compared to you know those that have been around in the two other animated shows we've talked about.
0: Pete, any areas where you feel? you see the easy fix. You see the fantastic geek refrain of with just one more line or one more scene or one tweak, anything that you think needs the attention of executive producer, writer, editor,
1: Pete, given what happened to Stevenson and it was completely unexpected that he passed away and now doubled up with the fact that they lost their costume designer. Um, I think it gave cause to not add anything in post. Um, You had the performance that you had. Uh, They clearly had a direction going forward. I don't know how much of that they'll do. I don't know if recasting the role is warranted, nay, respectful. Um, So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, it's funny, you know. Uh, they both became such popular characters, Balin and Shin, um, and I think people want to see more of them. It's interesting that they also stayed out where Ahsoka was. Uh, I, again, you know, you usually plan how things will end up first, and Phaloni uh, had a plan here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip him and uh now putting thrawn uh and ezra he's put two big pieces back on the board in the prime galaxy where everybody else is and taking a large one in ahsoka off um but she and sabine will be back and they'll all be part of this big event that is coming in the in the team up in the in the Star Avengers, the Star Warriors, as one of our listeners had uh, had dubbed it, which I really like.
0: I think, and I don't mean to reduce the loss of Ray Stevenson to a PR playbook, but there are people at Disney whose entire job is to run things through a PR playbook. I think, I think in a post-strike, post. Thus settling, hey, we're officially announcing Ahsoka season two. Give that six months to stew or get, you know, start to get worked on or whatever it is, then at your next Comic-Con, at your next Disney Investor Day, at your next celebration, to genuinely, but also with a little bit of scripting, to genuinely say, you know, we miss Ray, to honor Ray. Here is actor of note who will take over the role with the knowledge that when that person comes out on stage, they're going to say, I can only follow in Ray Stevenson's footsteps." you know, again, I'm not saying any of this is going to be disingenuous, but I think that, you know, you show me that clip from celebration in, in Japan in 2025 or, or, you know, San Diego comic-con in next summer, you know, whatever it is. And I think it's going to be like, Pete, it got me right here. RIP Ray and excited for the, the, the journey continuing. Um, I don't think that the character needs to be stifled particularly at the point that he is at. Um I don't think the character needs to be stopped despite this the sad loss here.
1: No, and again, it's a it's a way to go. I I would tend to think you might be better off just leaving it hanging out there that you can still incorporate things that they want to do By opening it up to this Mortis God storyline clearly it's something that they at least wanted to touch on whether or not you return to it because it is some of the stranger stuff that goes on in Clone Wars I'm not a big fan of of the storyline okay they did it great I would be fine with it not coming back that you just assume that Balin continued to search. He's a searcher. He's looking for answers and not everything needs to be answered. Uh, Shin, I, I have no doubt we'll see more of. And, you know, there's there's conflict brewing on Paridia the same way that Thrawn's return um, and Ezra coming back to tell them, hey, not only am I back, but Thrawn is back and whatever he's brought with him which we also don't know to this point um, and how that's going to spread into our other shows, Mandalorian, whether or not skeleton crew, I would assume in some way it impacts that.
0: It's funny. You kind of speaking, what changes would or you would or would not have made and so forth my memory. And I mean, a season ago when this started, though it was seven weeks ago, but you know, thinking back to August twenty second when the first two episodes dropped, my recollection is it felt like a long. I, I I feel like there were some pacing issues. Maybe part of it was the fact that it was two episodes at once, yeah. which is always a curious. It's a curious choice. I know at the time we said, "Hey, look, Nielsen now counts minutes, so maybe this is a way to have extra." splash because look it's in the top 10 and things of that sort i think it looked
1: what they've done with Andor, having done three at once i uh, think that andor
0: had a script problem and the script problem was it took three episodes to get started and yeah. the distribution solution was to do three at once but that maybe in retrospect if you wanted to do it differently i don't want less episodes of andor but i think that's a script problem that got solved in distribution I don't know that the Ahsoka pace for the first two episodes, I'm not complaining, but I don't know that we needed to have, like, did somebody say these first two episodes are kind of slow release them at once so we can get to the good stuff in three with Mon Mothma and this and that, the other.
1: Well, remember it's, it's only a, an issue perceived for the first week of the show. Right. Right. right, you've right. You've got more of it. Um, They gave us more. You would have been fine having Sabine stabbed, uh, leaving on the shock of that and waiting a week. They wanted to give you more right away. Um, It was amazing, too. Yeah, we knew that Anakin stuff was coming, and that was a not very well-kept secret. Intentionally, they had cast him. They were upfront about that. Um, But bringing in Anthony Daniels, that Jason was involved in this, they managed to keep a lid on that, and that so much of what they showed was front-loaded to the show, and they've remained very successful doing that. Um, it's interesting, the uh, you know Hayden Christensen mini featurette. You know, is making the rounds on social media, you know, previously recorded, Matt, previously recorded. We haven't done anything wrong. It's been previously recorded. Um, but when they get to the Disney gallery of this show, I think it's going to be something special to watch the process they went through to create this.
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. From, I mean, I feel like just every aspect to it. I I, Dave Filoni, can you give me three full minutes where you talk about the um, uh, what was the new ship design that had been that had been um, non canonical, the one on uh, on Lothal. Kind of like the X-Wing variant. Oh, but, the wing yeah. Yeah. Like, just things... I'd love for him to go... And then there yeah. was this. And we all loved this. We all loved this painting that was on the the back cover of this one book. And just to see him get excited about the minutiae. They didn't that then,
1: need to return to Lothal. That they did that. It's such a labor of love. And again, the way that they take from that, you know, tremendously done epilogue of... uh Uh, Star Wars Rebels to the point where people thought, oh, they're just going to do it in live action. And no, they're they're doing a further story beat, but they're using those moments again uh, as touchstones there as she's literally touching the stone that she's drawn Ezra on.
0: (laughs) Well, and to bring it back to this labor of love of Filoni's, I think that that's where there's a little bit of daring in the whole series that you're trusting. Um, when I say you, I mean, I, I guess I mean the, the Disney, the corporate end, the you know, Disney plus ordering this, whatever that conglomeration looks like to say, here's the love that there is for the animated stuff that Filoni has created. Here's how people have grown up with it in some cases let's do something let's dare to do something that's in that flavor as opposed to can we do eight more you know eight more episodes of the mandalorian goes bounty hunting which i know has never really been the backbone of the series um but like you easily could just be like let's just do more of that where he goes after more i don't know monster faces and things like that versus this more introspective spiritual show with female leads and, and all of
1: this how about how heavily it it drew from like Asian culture, samurai, you know, uh types of moments, even the music um really dug. We we know that feloni's a massive fan of Japanese cinema, okay, like Lucas before him. Really dug in on that.
0: Yeah, and and what really struck me, what was it? Was it the um what was the featurette? that came out during the course of this was it on ahsoka as a character or right before this came out it was on what? Oh,
1: the one that had um that talked about uh her and uh anakin the, yes like, yeah apprentice yeah
0: that's the one but to, to get i think that was the one that generated this where it kind of was the first time it was ever really hammered home for me like Really, like you know, many people know, you know, Filoni as this kind of marginal up and comer, I think, on Cartoon Network with some stuff. And then one of his friends is goofing him, pretending to be George Lucas. No, it's actually George Lucas calling, Hey, do you want to come sit and be sit by my side and make Star Wars cartoon for X number of years with a bunch of money flowing into it? That's one way to call it. Another way is George was the master, Filoni is the apprentice, George now. Obviously, well gone from the day-to-day stuff, having sold Lucasfilm, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's kind of Filoni as the Jedi, and as much as Favreau has done absolutely wonderful things, I think there's a certain sense in that creative partnership. You know, it's Favreau who's like, "Let's make the let's make the show about the gun, the guy with you know guns and whatnot," and Filoni's the one bringing it back to Jedi and so forth, and you know. Again, Filoni and and Lucas being master and apprentice, and now Filoni is master to other apprentices and all of that. It's just, A, I appreciated that featurette, and B, I felt it soaked into this show.
1: The trajectory of the season is simple, yet elegant at the same time. You knew that you had to get everybody far, far away, right, that you build to... Uh, a pinch point in the middle of the season that fifth episode it's it's hard to argue that that's not the highlight um you know seeing anakin and ahsoka interact as much as they did in that episode but they managed to find high points after that getting to thrawn seeing him in live action for the first time seeing what he's been up to I mean, Ezra, too, with the with the noti, um, and all that, you know, it, it was a really, really fun and enjoyable season. And I think the, the talk is genuinely, you know, when can we have some more, please? And
0: to, to revisit the argument I was making earlier, maybe I was for it or against it, I don't know, but this notion of do you clump the first two together or not, okay fair is fair episode three mon mothma returns episode four anakin skywalker returns episode five live action clone wars flashbacks return um you know episode six is that one yeah thrawn return you know like and on each one more uh more exciting than the last um which again so if, if everybody your august 22nd experience was like hey, I'm digging that we get this really extra, we get two episodes and each one is like 45 minutes long and this is a real, my plate is heavy with Star Wars, but boy, is maybe is it a little bit too much? Uh, that's a scripting issue that got solved in the release because, yeah, it was a bit slow at times. I think sitting down to both at the same time was a little bit slow, but boy, from there, it's just face after face an exciting twist and exciting twists and turns from there.
1: So, yeah, I mean, where we're left is we haul a lot more. Um, we shouldn't really know where the story's going. If they want to tell us that there's a another season planned or that it's been, uh, you know, firmly scheduled, whatnot. But uh, we'll return to these characters. There's plenty more to explore. Um, and, yeah, I, for one... Can't wait to see it.
0: We're left looking up at the twin suns, saying, (laughs) when will there be more? Uh, Pete, so were some people on Twitter. Uh, We ran a poll. What were were the series highs and lows? What did you think of the series? Pete, one-star howler riding issues got 0%. As it should. As it should. (laughs) Um, In fact, I would even, not to revisit last week's discussion, I would think maybe there's virtues to... uh, regardless i think the way the show presented things was just fine uh two stars lots of meh got 3.7 percent three stars quite a run got 40.7 percent and four stars best of the best got 55.6 percent a couple of replies here on twitter first one up spiderham lincoln tess lc 139 says i gave the series three stars it was a great show lots of fun and overall they did well with the newest live versions of previously only animated characters the last episode was why i didn't give it four stars i know the story will go on somehow but i was disappointed by so many dangling threads and ultimately underused skull and Hottie. still i'm happy for what we got and i look forward to next star wars adventure to come our way after skeleton crew the Hyang chronicles anyone
1: (laughs) could be fun i i think there might be an ezra show in there um or if not super involved in the Mandalorian. There's a lot of different ways they can address the story going forward. I do think there's more meat on the bone when you talk about Ahsoka. Does he have a story that is a season of them being on Paridia training? (sighs) I mean, as much as it is a trope in Star Wars, the idea of, and and there will be more training unless there's something new to it. And I I think what's going on with the mountain carvings could be interesting. You got to delicately thread that. We'll find out when we need to find out.
0: One more tweet, Pete, from I'll always call it Twitter, K-C-L-Y-L-E-1 on Twitter. It was a fun run, just a little frustrated with the loose threads, but I trust the powers that be to give us resolution somewhere in the future. Stellar effects, some great action scenes and swimming through galaxies in the mouths of star whale star whales, loads of fun and Pete Fun, spelled with a pH.
1: As it's only done.
0: To the email inbox we go, hearing from Jack, who says, Hi, Matt and Pete. After some time to think about Season 1 of Ahsoka, I still think it is my favorite Star Wars TV series, but Andor and The Mandalorian are near at the top as well. There's still plenty of improvements for Season 2, as they really need to reunite the whole Rebels crew, Ezra seeing Kanan as a Force ghost, and continue Thrawn's story, and Balin and Shins as well. I read that the Ahsoka finale didn't have the highest viewership, but it is a bit of a marketing issue. Before the series' debut, they showed quite a bit of Balin and Shin, but there were no promotional trailers after the show started. Considering Disney prefers dropping weekly episodes instead of dropping the whole series at once, if they marketed additional trailers showing Anakin, maybe the series would have had more viewers? Stay Fantastic, that from Jack in NYC. And certainly, yeah, it is interesting that the the ratings have been okay, the viewership has been okay, but... Uh, at the end of the day, it's all about marketing. Let's not forget, too, you couldn't market it without your stars, uh, or at least not with your stars going to late-night shows and et cetera, et cetera. So bit of a quandary there, but uh, certainly the force of Star Wars strong, as we uh, hope for Season 2. Well, Pete, this run here of Ahsoka and this feed, which I can't wait to update when we are told Ahsoka will return in, uh, that's made by made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. And our thanks to each and every person who goes there.
1: Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content. All sorts of levels to choose from. But it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute right now? Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, a review to this podcast feed, to any of our 30 three others soon to add a couple more in echo in skeleton crew
0: certainly an exciting journey ahead and pete let's keep the star wars conversation going uh, particularly since people are saying loose threads let's keep the conversation going how can people be in touch with you on social media
1: you can find me on social media on twitter on threads on blue sky social at peter p-i-e t e r j k l r k e 12,600 followers, can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do me touch the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and threads where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a P-H, all one word, like it today.
0: When next the Ahsoka feed is updated, no one can say because always in motion. The future is certainly over on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. Looking forward to our forthcoming discussions about Loki, Star Trek, Lower Decks, and the voyage continuing there. For now, though, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final season one word.
1: Talk to you soon.